the Far Post Perth podcast. It's been a long time between chats from myself, Blaine and Donna, but we're back ahead of the new Hyundai A-League season, which kicks off, well, it's a matter of days at this stage. Blaine, how have you been? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Yeah. Long off-season. Very long. The longest. Donna, yourself? Yes, excited for it to be back. I think it's like 10 days, maybe it's, less. Yeah, not that, not that long. Um, we've, we've obviously got the international break this week, which is... Uh, which is Finally, been a dear to by the powers that be um, in the A League offices. So there's no no football this weekend apart from the uh, the Socceroos friendly. Um, but club wise, yeah, we don't have too long to wait. So we're gonna have a chat about um, Perk Glory's off season, help what sort of business they've done, expectations for the year, and then we'll also crack into the other nine A League teams as they get ready for uh, for their games. So let's let's start at the uh, the beginning of preseason i suppose uh, glory didn't have to wait too long to get uh, a little bit of the spotlight when chelsea came to town in july uh, it was a good hit out we got to see some of the new faces and blaine them um, just throwing it back i know it's a while ago now but what was your uh, your experience of having a a top class premier league team in um, in perth for a change oh for very well-known reasons. I only, uh, I only saw half that game, so uh, if you weren't such a hooligan. You might have been able to see yeah, the whole thing. Big, big thanks to the organisational guys down at uh, Optus Stadium and the security down there. Um, well, I was nice and toasty up in the press box, so I don't uh, know about yep, you, Donna. Me too. Sorry. Well behaved. Yeah. Very well behaved we were. Yeah, goody two shoes. <laughs> But on the concept itself, bringing a uh, bringing a team like that to Perth, getting to see those guys, and obviously the, the whole thing was about Chelsea. Perth Glory were the, the away team as such; they were the guests of Chelsea. But they got a nice little match fee for it, a little bit of exposure. Got to debut a new kit as well, so you know it wasn't all completely in Chelsea's favour. Do you think it's a worthwhile exercise doing when? You know, there's such a long, long time between drinks. That game was in July, and Glory don't play competitively till October. It's something to keep people ticking over. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it's just a little bit disappointing that it is so one way in terms of that that invitational side. I, I get there; they're the reason that majority uh, people are there. And if it wasn't for the money, they would, simply wouldn't come out. But I think there can be a little bit more of a joint venture done um, in terms of the exposure that both both clubs are actually getting. I think that might come down to the government though. The government are putting up the money to get Chelsea or whoever it may be next in and they want to fill the stadium. So uh, whether we like it or not, Glory are still a hard sell as such mm. um, in terms of volume. But Donna, we, we'd have sold out. It was officially a sold out game. That it were people that didn't show up on the night for whatever reason, the weather being one of them. But it, it, it didn't actually look too bad for football in the, uh, in the Oval Stadium. I no, think. I thought it looked great. And... Um it was great to see so many people come out. I understand why they came out. The majority were um, Chelsea fans. But it just goes to show that there's interest for football here in WA. So, um, 
you know, we'll talk about the side that they've built now, but maybe, you know, this is something new for this year. Maybe people will come put bums on the seat because of this. Uh, we saw the success that it had in Sydney when, you know, Man United came and played the All-Stars, Liverpool paid victory, you know, they will sell out crowds as well. So it does work. I know a lot of people are against it, but I thought it was a good thing for WA football. I, if we didn't have such a long off-season, I might be a little bit less receptive to it. But the fact of the matter is, in July, it's the middle of AFL season. You know, we got we got it. We got headlines for football because of whether it was because of Chelsea, whether it was because they had a training session at the Wacker that got thousands of people to it, whether it was because everybody showed up to see them play. And the biggest thing for me was, and I was very, very worried inside five minutes, is that Glory didn't get disgraced on the scoreboard either. You know, it was a, it was a close game for the casual observer looking in at it. Yeah, okay, Glory didn't create too many chances on the night, and Chelsea were very comfortable as you'd expect, considering the caliber of players they had out there. But uh, a narrow defeat is by no means a disgrace. The fear is that Glory lose six or seven nil, and everybody laughs at them, and they go, "Why would you even bother playing?" And then Glory don't get an opportunity to do it again next year. Well, the fact of the matter is, Chelsea got a good workout. Uh, it was decent for them in pre-season, and it means that Glory may get an opportunity to do it again. And I think, it, I think if you got, I mean, Chelsea to me wouldn't be in the top tier of of teams to bring the crowds in. For me, that's pretty much limited to Man United, Liverpool. Barcelona, Real Madrid, they'd be your top four. Below that, you're looking at Chelsea, Arsenal, City, Spurs, maybe a Dortmund. Uh, yeah, t- teams like that would probably be a lower tier. And if so if you can sell out up the stadium for Chelsea, imagine the hype you could get if Liverpool came or Man United came. And even if there was the opportunity to do a little mini tournament over the space of a few days like they did with the International Champions Cup in, in Melbourne previously... There's plenty of opportunity there to do that. So I think definitely um, it was a worthwhile exercise and, and I'd keep be keeping the door open for any future opportunities. You wonder what the actual legacy of one of these games is in whether it's monetary terms, whether it's people signing on for local people signing on for memberships because they like what they see out of the club. And as I said, that's where I'm kind of coming from in terms of making it real worthwhile for, for glory, not just to do in the I think you're always going to be a bit hamstrung with the, the fact that it's so early, though. It has to be in July for the English team's pre-season. And glory, the glory even have their membership packages out finalised by then, by mid-July. Do they? I'm not, I can't remember when the Maybe official the numbers renewals. come out. Maybe yeah, the renewals, the renewals sure. But if you're looking to tap into the noobs, is there anybody there on the night selling glory memberships? You know, that kind of, I think it might be a little bit too early, but maybe that's something they could look at in the future and having been a bit more prepared and, and having that promotional, having a stall outside up the stadium for people, that kind of thing. Maybe there are opportunities to leverage and that could be explored in the future. But if it was me, I would love to see glory play a team like that every year. Once, one, one night a year, everybody gets... Um, gets excited and has that bit of glitz and glamour about bringing those players over and we go to a sold out stadium when it's piss and rain in July when let's face it on a Monday evening 55,000 people yeah. go and watch a football in Perth on a, in a winter's night I, I don't see any negatives to that personally whatever the reasons those people are there for if they're there to wave their little plastic flags well you know, I draw the line at a Mexican wave though that's where I, that, that, <laughs> that tips me over the edge but generally, generally speaking I think yeah we, beggars can't be choosers so Hopefully we get um, a few more occasions like that. So moving into the um, the preseason itself, then it, it's been largely a, a standard one for Glory in the sense of playing against MPL sides, uh, WA State team, a couple of friendlies behind closed doors over East. There was one against Melbourne City at the weekend. Um, the biggest thing I guess though for us as as supporters is that it started a lot earlier. 
and obviously we had Diego Castro in doing a full pre-season uh, he, he, uh, this, the last few years he'd only be a week or two into his pre-season so we've <laughs> done pretty well to get him in, in so early and, and all the players have been here and they've all been managed in, in different ways we've not seen much of Mats Baranovic at all um, So, but that's the way he's been managed and that's they know best in terms of how, how fit he is and getting him ready for round one but you're looking at all these players being signed early as well. They did most of their business um, pretty quickly. The only, the latest was uh, Chris Economides who came in, well, like, a, a, was it three, four weeks, three weeks ago at this stage? So everybody else was in early. Are you happy with the playing with the business that they did and the, the guys they brought in? Oh, I think it's been a full turnaround. It's amazing what you can, um, I think it was yourself that said it before, it's amazing how you can recruit. Um, when you've got a decent manager and a decent structure off the field, um, considering we've been told in the past that we could, couldn't get the calibre of these players out here. So, um, no, they've done some phenomenal business. Um, and fair play to guys like Jacob Burns who held it together when we didn't have a CEO, we didn't have a coach on the, yeah. on, on the, um, on the books. On the books. So, it's, um, yeah, no, it's, um, I think uh, you've got to tip your, tip your lid to the, to the football club at the moment. Well, to go through the full list of ins, um, brought in Ivan Franich from Brisbane Roar, uh, Tommy Marcella, uh, Brendan Santalab, bit of experience there from Wanderers, Mats Baranovic, uh, Tando Valafi is back in town, Jason Davidson, uh, Fabio Ferreira, Wande, uh, another Spaniard, and, and the aforementioned Chris Economides. So they've pretty much brought in somebody right across the team going through that. You know, you've got your fullbacks, you've got centre backs, which are pretty critical in a team that's leaked over 50 goals in each of the last two seasons. That was the biggest thing that needed to be addressed. And I think um, Popovich probably being a defender himself by trade has made that a number one priority to make sure Gloria are a lot more resolute and resilient at the back. And then he's gone, he's brought in a little bit further forward in one day. And, and then obviously economy has been that attacking threat that I think Glory were we're really, really desperate for because um, I, I think Sandalab will end up being um, a, a bit part player like he was at Wanderers in his last season there, and Andy Kyo will probably lead the line, but uh, but we, we we need him to have a good season as well. So in terms of out and out goal scorers, it's really down to Kyo and Economides to to do the business and and bringing in that extra signing a few weeks ago has really made a massive difference. Otherwise, you're looking at playing a goalkeeper, eight defenders, and maybe Castro. <laughs> The way things were, the way things were shaping up. Um, Donna, it's, do you think that Gloria have sufficiently addressed their needs, and we may even see a shift in formation with three at the back and wing backs, and something a little bit different that that Popovich has experimented in the um, in the FFA Cup game, which uh, which they lost. Yeah, well, I've watched a couple of their preseason matches, and I think I maybe said this to Blaine, but I can't remember uh, Perth Soccer Club. I think it was to you that I was talking to. They look like a different side. Um, they're they look more fitter. They're playing with a bit more um, skill. It looked like something happened to them. I don't know, like overnight, all of a sudden, they learned to pass the ball with more precision and they weren't just looking for the one man. They weren't playing that long ball football. Um, and they look like they actually genuinely wanted to be out there. It wasn't just them, you know, flapping about. So they recruited well, but um, I personally don't think that they're going to have this stellar season that everyone else does, but that's just mine. We will get on to the prediction shortly. You set your stall out early. Um, but I think one of the other th- things for me this this year as well is that there's plenty of competition for places, particularly at the back. And you're looking at someone like Alex Grant, who has been excellent the last few years. He's had his injury problems, but he's not, not, not guaranteed to be a starter when he's playing behind 
players that have played at international level like Marcella and and Spiranovic if Spiranovic plays as a centre back instead of a holding midfielder you know you're looking at there being no guarantees in those positions you'll have um, you'll have Scott Neville competing against Ivan Franich maybe for right back you know you Shane Lowry and Jason Davidson could go head to head for left back there's there's plenty of options there which is which is great and, and that's even before you mentioned Dino Julbich still being there as a, as a presence and as a squad player and a, and a good character around the team so you're you're looking at competition in, in, for places I, you could feasibly play any one of four or five players on the right wing you, you know you've got Joel Chianese Chris Harrell Fabio Ferreira Jacob Italiano Castro could play there if you needed Economides could play on the right side of a front three there just seems to be options everywhere um, compared to what we were used to yeah, no, it's, a, um, it's an absolute team full of depth, isn't it? And um, it's going to be interesting to see how um, someone like Popovich does manage any injuries or the, the travel concerns. And a lot of these guys manage that because a lot of these guys wouldn't have, wouldn't have travelled. Uh, the extensive uh, distances that you need to be able to be uh, Perth Glory in the A-League. So it's, um, it, it's, a, it's a nice little headache to have in case it does uh, start to go a little bit pair. I think if they, if they, everybody's declared a, a clean bill of health ahead of the the first game and is made available, it'd be pretty difficult to nail the starting eleven. I think, um, and that in itself is a good thing. It, it not only keeps us guessing, but it'll probably keep the opposition guessing. And maybe Glory won't be as predictable in terms of the the formation they've had in previous years. And it was fairly obvious what what Kenny Lowe was going to do um, with the both the options at his disposal and. The, the tactics that he employed, you know, it was it was fairly obvious he was he would like to play a two up front and a four four two, and um, when Taggart and Kyo were available to play together, that that would have been the preferred front two with with Castro playing in from the left hand side, and you know it, we we spoke plenty of times about how narrow that made the team and it unbalanced at times with uh, with just the left back out that side. So if you play with wing backs, you you kind of nearly address that with Jason Davidson being a type of player that can get up and down. Um, the flank and, and Neville and and uh, Franich are similar type players with good engines in them, so we could see tactical difference, um, which would be which would be nice. And again, Popovich will be hopefully addressing that uh, those defensive frailties. So we've um, we mentioned that we've got yeah just a, a week and a half until the um, until the season starts. So the first fixture is uh, Sunday, twenty first of October. It's a home game. Against the Western Sydney Wanderers, and then it's followed up a week later by the uh, by Melbourne Victory away at Amy Park. And Blaine, you're heading off to that one, which is very nice. Well, for some, I'll be off to uh, yeah, off to Melbourne Victory round two. Um, it's a, it's a good. Uh, I think it's a good thing that we have a, a decent test earlier on. Um, I think in previous seasons we haven't had that. Uh, and in terms of the, the the balance in the in the fixtures this year are a lot more friendlier for Perth than what they have been in previous seasons where we're. We've been definitely chasing our tails towards the end of the season with the uh, with getting hammered at the at the front end. So I know it was uh, always a, a concern of uh, Ken Lowe's last season. So it's yeah, it's going to be good to get our first two games under the belt and see how we end up. Yeah, we've got the the first game and the last game are both at home. Uh, finished with Wellington, so it's the extra home game this year. Fourteen. Home fixtures, thirteen away. It's a nice little run of games there in um, in January, um, where they play away to Brisbane Roar on the Sunday, a home to Sydney on the Wednesday, and then a home to Wanderers on the Sunday. So three games in eight days. That's in the in summer. That will uh, will test the legs and test the squad depth, and hopefully there hasn't been too many injuries 
by that stage. Um, so even even then, a, a couple of weeks later, you play um, Melbourne City away on the Saturday and then home for games on the Wednesday against Adelaide and the Sunday against the Jets. So it's another one where there's um, three games in, in eight or nine days. So that's that's all going to be um, a test for the squad and maybe that's they'd one eye on that one. They were building it and making sure that they players that could cover every position. Um, Donna, first up uh, against the Wanderers at home. In terms of um, hype and fans and you know interaction, how do you think people are going to um, are going to start the season? Is is the Popovich buzz enough to attract a crowd of thirteen, fourteen thousand for that first home game? Uh, I probably wouldn't aim that high, <laughs> but I think the whole you know it's against Popper's old side. You know, there's a couple of ex um, you know Wanderers players. Playing for you guys, I think it's it was, the derby of the West. Or yeah, whatever it is. It I think you definitely told. put some bums on the seat. Um, I think people are excited to see Popper in action, so I think that that's another that's another positive to have. And I think the FFA are very smart by I don't know how they do these fixturing, but doing that as the first game of the oh, season, yeah. they've loaded it obviously to get yeah with that bit yeah, of hype and it's very to smart. Um, so I think you definitely get you know at least ten thousand out there. Which will be a good start. I think you're being conservative, Blaine. First game. <laughs> yeah, being a Sunday, uh, four o'clock isn't isn't the greatest of uh, time slots. I'm, I'm a big fan of the big Saturday night uh, fixture myself. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's going to be a slow burn this season, just considering what we've seen in previous seasons. Um, so, but I think it, it's. As time goes on, if they, if they can get the results, then I think they'll start to get people um, people back at them. In terms of the support, uh, you know better than the rest of us. What's happening with the uh, active support this year? How's that all gone down? Speaking with the club, pub for the year, all that kind of stuff. What what do we need to know? Yeah, well, we've, um, I was privileged enough to be involved in a few discussions in terms of a new home pub for the, the Perth Glory fans down at uh, Rosio Grady's. Um, unfortunately, for whatever reasons, it didn't it didn't really work out uh, at the previous uh, venue. But uh, yeah, no, for, for everyone should get down to the Rosie O'Grady's, and they're putting on some point specials and some meal specials for everyone. And we've got a whole big back room there for away games, so it should be should be a decent atmosphere. And the important question on everybody's lips at this time of year: How are relations between the various factions? Oh, I don't think there's any dramas between anyone these days. Uh, to be perfectly honest with you, I think everyone's just doing their bit and uh, best, and uh, just really chomping at the bit to, to get into the season and just, I guess, uh, enjoy a, a, a new era. I guess under a new look, Perth Glory. You'd almost miss you, fat bastard, wouldn't you, during this long off season? Oh, almost, <laughs> almost, almost, but not quite. Uh, okay, so yeah, we've we've had a chat about the the um, the admin side of it in briefly, but. Donna, we're looking at off-field stuff, and you've, we've obviously brought in the new CEO. We've brought in some fresh faces to uh, to guide this three Tonys. Who could forget? <laughs> who could forget the three Tonys? <laughs> are you uh, are you optimistic about that? That it's it's the right the right moves, and you're, what you're seeing so far is looking pretty positive. Or is it is it too early? Where we've got to we've got to still remain cynical until uh, until they prove. No, themselves. I think. Um I think Blaine said earlier about Jacob Burns. Firstly, he doesn't get enough credit. A lot of people just think that if you know, I have to excuse that sound, guys. If you can hear it, it's my son whinging for me. Can you hear it, Blaine? Yes, um, I'm really sorry, but he just wants mummy. Um, no, as I was just saying, Jacob Burns doesn't get enough credit, and a lot of people think that he just you know faffs about, just takes a paycheck home. But he really has done a lot of hard yards behind the scenes, and I think. Um, 
people need to really notice that. Uh, in relation to the three Tonys, um, it's good to see that Sage has opened up his um, checkbook um, finally. And I think you can see, obviously, with people that you have recruited, it's worked well. And we all know that I'm a huge fan of TP. Where, um, well, Pinata, we're very good friends. Um, and You're on initials base. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was like, you know, you'd say Tony P, but it'd be both of them. <laughs> so you have to differentiate them. No, he's a great guy. He's a very good leader, and he's very well respected. And he doesn't take shit from anybody. So I think the guys um, would be under some sort of new um era behind there with having popper and tony pinata um you know controlling the reins there that'd be a bit scared and shitting themselves and i think you can see the changes already so yeah just having definitely a guys around the office have uh, certainly known a uh, seen difference yeah uh, with um tony popovich and pinata coming to the club um, they're just smooth operators all around and uh, well respected in what they do so well after last week's um blackout campaign things can only <laughs> Things can only improve, okay? So let's let's get the bad ones out of the way early in the season, all right? Um, God bless them. Yeah, God loves a trier. Um, predictions for the season. There's, there's two questions around that. One, Blaine, is um, is your minimum requirement and your prediction? They can be two different things. So what 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 do you? What's your minimum requirement for it to be a good season for Glory? And where do you think they will actually end up? Uh. Geez, with what with what we've spent and what we're, the, the quality that we've had to come into the side, um, I think um, I think top four is probably I think fourth is probably the minimum requirement this year. Uh, this, I mean, you're coming from a club that is superstar to success and and decent, um, you know, a, a decent run in, in terms of having a decent season. So I think top four um, it needs to happen for for the sake of the club, in, in, in my opinion. Um, where I think they'll end up, yeah, yeah, I think they'll. I went too high, hard last year. And I, well, <laughs> remind well, remind, well, remind well, us and where and you remind went us, last year. Yeah, no, I'm not going to hear that. <laughs> and a big shout out to my mate uh, Anthony Ballas, who I sell on a carton for telling him that uh, Perth had finished above Melbourne victory last year. Well, so, yeah. um, I think I think it's to be truly honest. I think we can finish fourth. Yeah, yeah. don't. Oh, well, I think you guys are going to finish eighth. <laughs> I just think I'm aiming low because I just think that there's all this hype about the squad that he's built and, um, you know, everything that Popo has done in the past. And sometimes they, they can shoot you in the foot. So I'm, I don't think they're going to make finals this season. Do you think there's seven other clubs better than us? I do. Okay. We will go through those seven other clubs I in the second part. <laughs> but for now, Gloria being chopped down is eighth. Um, I've said for the last... What are you in? 2012 was the last home final. Uh, I've said since then that home final is minimum requirement for me every year. You've got you've got to be giving fans those those uh, big games, and Glory just haven't delivered them. Um, it's not been good enough to, to in a in a cyclical league where teams fluctuate and go up and down um, seasonally. Even though uh, some of them do, with a turnover of players, you really need to have that purple patch purple being the operative term to 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 get into that that final spot and glory just haven't done it for six years now it's um it's been miserable um it's you can talk about having finals you know okay they've gotten to the finals they've played finals matches at, but it's been at amy park and it's been like that's it's too far away for us to be properly involved in we want to get to nib stadium and be part of one of those nights again um and it really needs to happen because um, uh, the fans deserve better than what they've they've had in the last few years. And I, I think 
my so my minimum expectation and my my minimum hope is fourth, and I do think they they can finish in the top four. Um, the the squad it's going to be a different story defensively. Glory haven't really had an issue scoring goals. Their away form last year was was as good as it's pretty much ever been in the A League era. Um, so if they can just stop leaking goals and and continue that away form while also winning their home games. I think they'll have more than enough. The 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 thing we'll, we'll probably get onto it in the second part is that there's a lot of teams in the league this year that are going to take points off each other because there's very little between some of the squads on paper anyway. So if Glory can come out on top of some of those fifty fifty battles, just on that, will Perth, in your opinion, will Perth season depend on the season that Andy Kerr has predominantly for goals? Because that's the only area yeah. that I, I, I can see. Andy Keogh has to get into double figures for um, me Four weeks ago, I probably would have said yes, categorically, but I think Economides can take some of that load off him and be that play on the shoulder of the last defender, pain in the arse, that is quick on the turn and, and you know makes defenders turn and face the wrong goal. I think Kyo benefits when he plays with somebody up front and with him and isn't a, isn't a lone striker um, chasing shadows. Like His work rate for me has never been in question. I think he's a, a really, really good athlete, but he's not a, a running behind the last defender kind of player. He holds the ball up well and can bring players into it, but he needs guys close to him to do that. And I think by bringing in even playing Santa Lab off him um, as, a, as an option, Kyo wins a lot in the air. For a guy who's only about six foot, he's, he's good in the air and wins flick-ons problem for him is that when he plays as a lone striker he's flicking it onto nobody and it's a complete waste so I do think that he, he has a big say in how this year goes and after his last year or so he probably needs to have one he's not getting any younger um, he turns what 33 the, the, towards the end of this season so um, he hasn't got a massive amount of good ones left in him but I think a strong preseason under Popovich obviously he had that injury and he's been out for a while um, thankfully he's back now but I, I think he'll still be the focal point of the attack some people, and I see the criticism on social media of him all the time, whether it's his captain or whether he's, he's the main striker, that's fair enough. But I do still think he's the best striker that Glory have, so he's going to be the focal. Whether you like it or not, he 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 probably will be the, the main guy. And as you say, your main striker, if you're going to win the league, needs to hit double figures. Yeah. Uh, and if, Or not even win the league, finish top two, three, four. You need a, a goal score. And I think... He needs to because if you look through that team, um, take Castro and his penalties away and maybe the odd free kick here or two, how many other players in that team could you realistically see getting seven, eight, nine goals? We had it a few years ago where Castro, Kyo and, and Taggart all hit double figures. I don't see there being another player necessarily who can who can chip in with as many. Maybe Economides if he gets a good run, but he might take a while to find his feet. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be crucial that your main striker hits 10 to 15, definitely. Yeah, the way I see it, I don't think we're going to have, uh, I think besides care, I don't think we're going to have an out-and-out striker. I can see five clubs from the midfield actually pick up five goals each kind yeah. of style. That's how I think they're going to be well spread across the... Um, yeah, Kilkenny has the, uh, the the box-to-box ability to do it. Chris Harold, we know, can be dangerous. Um, I'd like to see Italiano add a couple goals to his uh, to his repertoire. We know that he's a, he's a dangerous winger and a player, but he's... As young as he is, he's he's now had a full a season under his belt. He needs to do a little bit more. It's his last year at Glory. He obviously wants to impress before he goes to to Germany and and be, have good momentum going into that move for him. But he needs to deliver as well. And and even someone you're looking at, Jake Brimmer, who was in and out of the team last year, had a good preseason by all accounts. Played well for the MPL side. Is a good option off the bench. But now, even now, he's had a full season. You know, you you these guys 
they can't play that excuse of only being fresh into it. They, they've had a year under their belt. They've had a full free season under Popovich. It's time to step up and chip in with those four or five goals. So, um, Don, is there anyone in the squad that you think needs to have a big season um, that, or that you're looking forward to watching? Maybe he's a new signing and, and learn um, a bit more I'm about. really excited to see Davidson in action. Um, we know that he's a good player. We know how he can play. We've seen him play you know, for the Socceroos. Um, so I'm very excited to see him. Um, but, yes, share your sentiments um, with... Uh, Keo, I know that they someone put up a little poll last week about whether he should retain his captaincy, um, and I'm interested to know whether you guys think that he should. I'd like to know what grounds you take it off him, um, unless he's done something, or unless he's a disruptive influence around the yep. team, or. To, to a lot of people a captain is only a, a ceremonial thing anyway yeah. at this stage if you're a leader on the pitch and someone like Shane Lowry for example is he doesn't need an armband to be a leader correct why, why is it why is there so much emphasis being put on it I mean it, it's a very um, it's a very British thing uh, and, and this is the this is the sort of thing that people complain about is that there's been too much British influence over glory in in, uh, in recent years and they wanted to get away from that well then get away from it with the mentality towards the captaincy just yeah. because a guy has an armband around him, I mean, you you can you can you can be a you can be a leader in many different ways, um, and I'm sure Andy is a leader at training and off the park and the whole lot. I think people just see him giving his teammates a, a once over on the pitch and don't appreciate that. Well, I can tell you, I'm I'm a captain at local level, and I do the exact same thing Andy Kelly does. And why do you do it? It's because you want to win, and your teammates know that. You might you might give them a bollocking on the pitch. For, for 60 out of 90 minutes but as soon as you step off the pitch it's forgotten about and that's the difference between, and that's what I think Andy has the respect of, of the players and of the coaching staff because Popovich could have come in and named the new captain coaches did it all the time they walk in and they go right this is my way I think this person should be captain and they give him the armband has he done that? No, not he yet. hasn't not yet <laughs> not yet <laughs> well I think if he was going to do it I think I don't think uh, Kiel would have had the armband in preseason. I thought it was actually um, amazing what we saw last year when Kilkenny came into the side and seemed to just take blokes by the scruff of the neck. And so, yeah, but that's the that was the that was the um, hypocritical side of it for me when Kilkenny came in and was pointing fingers and shouting at people and everything else. Everyone thought it was a great deal, but when no. Kiel did it. Everyone was like, we'll take the armband off him. Yeah. Give it to Kilkenny, who was doing the exact same no. thing. So <laughs> I, I think I think Kilkenny benefited from being flavour of the month in the sense that he was playing pretty well on the pitch. If it is, if, if that whole captaincy thing is a ceremonial thing, fine. But I think guys take it take it on and they take it on and they take it to heart as captain of a football team. I think it's it, it's not only a, a, a ceremonial thing, it, it's a proud honour and I think it's a huge yeah. responsibility. That's just the way that I see the role. It, it um, can be, but but I think... I think, and I think but just to finish, um, I think a lot of um, guys take it too seriously and their form actually dips because of it and I think we may have seen that with Keo previously. Yep. Took, the, took the armband away. I think his form actually dipped. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it was to do with that. Um, I think. I think he's. Look, you're talking about a guy who's played at international level. Um, no disrespect, but being captain of a of an A League team is not really going to be something that weighs heavily on your mind in terms of pressure. Um, I think if look, I think if if Kyo scores ten to fifteen goals this season and is captain, you won't have these polls on Facebook. So a lot of it is down to performance rather than the fact that he's captain. I reckon if he'd if he'd banged in fifteen goals last season, 
no one would give a damn if he was shouting at somebody from the penalty box at a halfway line. I really think it's a lot of the, the targeting of that and the, the, the talking about it is not down to the fact that he's captain. It's not down to that he gives his players uh, a, a bollock in every now and then because Kilkenny did the exact same thing. Julbich does it. Yeah. Le- look, Liam Reddy. Yeah. I mean, come on. You know? <laughs> you know? So, so I think if, if, he, if he scores, um, it'll shut people up and they won't be talking about the captaincy because I, I personally just don't think it's that big a deal to be calling for somebody to be stripped of the captaincy um, for, for what? For, for what? What, are, what is the grounds for it? I'm, I'm not, I've, I've yet to see a, a, a definitive argument to strip somebody of the captaincy and give it to somebody else. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's a better person for yeah, the Yeah, a new leader. Well, he, we're not in the camp. We don't know that. Exactly right. All you can go on is what, what is publicly out there. And as far as we can see so far, Joe is the captain. And, and that's, that's based off a new coaching staff. It's not, it's not like he's, um, he, he, he's, his best mate, Kenny Lowe, is just, given him the captaincy and he's never allowed to lose it. Popovich, as I said, Popovich has brought in his own players. He's brought in Sporanovic. Could have given, could give it to him. Could, could, could have brought, he knows, uh, he knows Santalab. He's an experienced player. Okay, he might not start every week, but your captain doesn't necessarily have to start every week. You can have a squad captain. Look at Michael Carrick at Man United for his last season. Barely played, but he was the club captain. You can happily, get, it doesn't have to be a guy who plays 90 minutes every week. So he's, he's got players in that squad that he's brought in himself and that he knows for years. And we're still still at the status quo. So we'll see what happens. Maybe someone else will walk out with it next week and this will be all redundant. But for now, I just haven't heard a concrete enough argument and it seems the coaching staff haven't either. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's leave the glory-specific um, chat at that. And when we come back after the break, we'll delve into the other A-League sides and see how they're shaping up. You're listening to The Far Post Perth. We'll be back after this. Okay, you're back with the Far Post Perth podcast now. We've uh, we've done Perth Glory and had a look at them in depth. So we're going to run through the other nine teams now, uh, just a little bit on each one, have a have a chat about how they're shaping up and the um, the some of the ins and outs. So we're going to kick things off uh, pretty quickly with Adelaide United. Um, a few ins there. Uh, probably the standout one being uh, standout two would be uh, wide players Craig Goodwin and Ben Halloran. Goodwin was linked with a move to Glory in. Um, the off season, but that never materialised, and he's gone back to his former club. So I think um, they're they're uh, they're handy pickups. But for me, with Adelaide United, it's more about who they've lost. Um, I think Johan Absalonson was class last year. Uh, Daniel Adlung was a presence in midfield. Ersan uh, Gullum, beast of a centre back, and even someone like Ben Garuccio uh, was, was a good player. So they've lost four pretty good players. Um, Blaine, do you think that that they've adequately replaced them um, heading into the new season? Yeah, Craig Goodwin's a great sign. I would love to him uh, to come to Perth. Michael Jacobson from Melbourne City's um, a decent enough signing. Um, but yeah, I don't know whether they, I, I tend to agree with you, I don't know if they had picked up the same kind of um, quality across the park that, as what they had. Donna, any fears for your great rivals, Adelaide United? Nah. Nah, no Haven't fears. Haven't picked them to make finals. Don't be giving away the predictions yet. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, no, but Ben Halloran, um, a good pickup. Yeah, Craig Woodwin, another one. I don't know much about Mirko Boland, and I've never rated Scott Galloway, no disrespect to him. So, 
Yeah, I think it's I think it's fairly average overall. Yeah. Um, I, I do think they've lost more than they've gained. Um, so yeah, they they may need to do a little bit of recruitment as the season goes on. But we'll we'll have a chat in a bit about where we think they'll finish. On to Brisbane Roar, big in there as far as we're concerned is Adam Taggart and that whole Willy Bonty saga that went on. It feels like years ago at this stage, but that <laughs> that kept us occupied for a few days um, and was quite interesting. So he's the big. Uh, in for them up front they've also brought in Stefan Mock uh, who knows the league well um, Stefan Negro from Melbourne Victory um, and Tobias Mickelson uh, from Norseland so fairly decent pickups in, in the sense they've brought in some guys who know the league but, um, and I, I don't really think they've lost too much uh, they got. I think they brought their average age down by about 20 years <laughs> Um, shipping out getting rid of macaroni, <laughs> macaroni Ben Kalfala Jade North and Michael Theo all gone so you know they've they've chopped um, a fair bit of a fair bit of dead wood um, uh, there so I still I think it's a it's a it's a fine squad it's it's average enough I don't think it's going to set the world alight um, Blaine uh, they retained Eric Botiak who was who was pretty handy eh? I know he did an injury last year that kept him out for a while but he looked a pretty handy player um, and yeah, they've still got quality like Papadopoulos at the back, and Matt McKay's still clinging on, I guess. And Brett Holman had a good year, so uh, they might have enough to trouble finals. Yeah, Stephen Moore's a you know, decent enough in for him. I thought I've already always kind of rated him to be able to um, step up to the next level, I guess. Um, Adam Taggart, um, it's going to be interesting to see how he goes this season. I think he'll actually be a guy who might haunt the glory, um, and I think he'd love to. <laughs> and I think he'd, he'd be a big fan of that, yeah. So it's about how uh, how fit he can stay and if he can be the main man up front for them. He's certainly got the ability and we know that he knows where the target is. Um, I don't know what the equivalent to Jack Rabbit Slims is in Brisbane, but hopefully he hasn't found it yet. Somewhere in Fortune Valley somewhere. I'm sure it'd be, it'd be all right. <laughs> all right, on to my now most hated club in the A-League, the Central Coast Mariners. Um, they have brought in they, as expect as you'd expect the Mariners a lot of players coming in a uh, new coach as well Jack Lisby's gone in from uh, from Western Sydney um, Matt Simon I mean <laughs> can you like the Mariners they brought in Matt Simon uh, Michael McGlinchey Michael McGlinchey who left them for the Wellington Phoenix and threatened to take them to court to tear up that contract they've actually gone and brought the guy back to the club I, mind boggles sometimes uh, Aidan O'Neill is a pretty handy pickup, I think a young guy from uh, from Burnley and then Ross McCormick and, and Tommy Orr now there's a lot of hype about Ross McCormick and Tommy Orr two mixed bags there you don't know what you're going to get they could be fantastic or they could be absolutely dreadful Tommy Orr didn't really set the set the league alight in his last spell at the club and Ross McCormick great at a dead ball and not so good at 50 yard sprints um, blind thoughts on the Mariners squad it's it's a really strange one, isn't it? Um, I, I, I agree, tend to agree with you. They could either um, you know hit their form and, and do some do some damage, or they're gonna just be the Central Coast Mariners. You know, um, <laughs> it was pretty much it. That's it, it's. I don't it, think they're gonna do as bad as everyone makes it out to be. I'm sorry bad. to any Central Coast Mariners fans out there, but they're just a game that I can never get myself excited okay. about. I, I just think they're still terrible defensively. Like they might have brought in McCormick and Orr, and they've got some attacking presence in the team already with Connor Payne and and Andrew Hull. But at the back, it's still dreadful. It's still it's still Ben Ben Kennedy in goal. It's still Anthony Golick at centre back. It, you know, it's 
it's it's gonna they're gonna they didn't bring in um, a proper presence. They lost Storm Rue, who I think is a really really good player. Um, I, 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 Alan Barrow was good for them. Um, Danny still was defending Sydney. Yeah, Danny De Silva on loan. Uh, Wu Brahma was decent for a year. I mean, I just think I just think they're gonna ship too many goals to the back. I think they're awful. Um, defensively and with the back five goalkeeper and back four just not good enough and they can add it might be a case of they lose 5-4 in games um, we forgot to mention a big possibility no no we're getting there okay. we're getting there by all means take it away and this is why I hate the Mariners yeah well obviously um, the Bolt Usain Bolt um, everyone's got their own little thoughts on that um, Willie Mooney um, I right here's the kicker right they've got one pre-season friendly left this coming weekend and they're using it to trial a sprinter who cannot kick, kick a, a ball, ball to save his life okay surely your last game before your season starts you want to get your formation you want to get the hot you don't want to be given a token gesture just talk of him starting so you don't want to be given token gestures to right people people kicked up a fuss when there was talk of Tim Cale starting for the Socceroos in a farewell game because it was a preparation game for the Asian Cup. All right? Why are we making it such a farce? Well, here we're talking about starting Usain Bolt in a game for the A-League team in their last game before the season starts. That's the exact same thing, and it's an absolute joke. Now, the, the guy is entitled to chase his dream, by all means. I mean, he's doing what I would love to do, and that's train with a professional team and the whole lot. But he's only doing it because he's got a social media presence. All right? It's just like any other child. Just like Come any other on. Class. It's one of the local boys. Uh, how many, how many uh, pre-season games are outside the FFA Cup are shown uh, on Fox Sports? Look, there's pros and cons to this. Hit me with a pro. The pro is the marketing has been unreal for the Central for who? Coast Baroness. Right? For who? They're everywhere. Everyone's talking about it. How many people do you reckon have bought memberships? The con is... He can't play football. It's it's a fundamental, right? It is a fundamental of any football player. Uh, in that game that they televised, he, he did one thing. The thing is, he's not even fit enough. You know, you can no, say and like, you could he, tell he, he couldn't he, run. He's not he, conditioned to be a footballer. He's conditioned to run for ten seconds. Yeah, and he's admitted that wholeheartedly. And I'm listening to you know the likes of Bozer and you know Archie and everyone else talking about how you know there's so much politeness yes, around this, and just that's what's infuriating. The real thing, me. he can't kick a ball. I, I would appreciate if more of these ex-professionals and so, commentators came out and said, "Look, we understand it's a marketing gimmick, but he's shit." Yes. All right? Whereas what will happen at the moment is they're blowing smoke oh, up his ass and you saying, know, "You know, he could do well. He's not fit he yet. Could, he might be primed." No, it's making our league into a joke. He can't kick a ball. And yeah, exactly. People are all sucking about Timmy Cahill playing his farewell match. Well, he bloody deserves it. What has Usain Bolt done to deserve a league contract? I, I just don't think there's a knock-on <laughs> effect to memberships and to fans no. through the gates for, for actual A-League games that aren't going to feature Bolt. The only way you'll get a kick on for memberships and people through the gates is... If he plays. If he signs, if, if he gets yeah. a contract. <laughs> and that's exactly what I can see happening because... What will happen is there's no Usain Bolt on the squad for the first game. There's no Usain Bolt on the squad for the second game. And he's not there for the first month. Do you think people will go and watch the Mariners if Usain Bolt isn't in the squad? Will they go and watch him if he is in the squad? What's the difference? Yeah. Probably thousands. I mean, with the Mariners, and we say this every year, they are a family club. Let's not take that away from them. That annoys me as well. Christ, we're all family clubs. Not really. We're all family Um, clubs. And they've recruited, you know, quite a few players from 
the NSL or whatever you want to call it over there now in the Sydney League, you know, from Wollongong, you know, South Melbourne as well, from APL Leichhardt. They, MPL. The MPL, sorry. What do I call it? The NSL? NSL. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, Jesus, Donna. Yeah. Um, you know, they they do recruit the young'uns and they, they do well that way, but I do agree. It is, it is a joke. I think you would be pissed off if you were a young bloke up and coming that was getting your spots Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes and no. I, that, that argument is kind of a little bit disingenuous because he's a visa player. I, you can still sign young players. He's on trial. There's only 11 on the park, though. Yeah, there's 11 on the park, but it depends on... I, I agree to a, to a point and, and I draw the line at him playing in this game He's not going to start. He's, he's not even going to get a contract. He's just going to keep training mm. with him until the end of the year. And he's going to keep training. I wouldn't be surprised to see him sign a, a deal until the end of the season in, in about a month or two. When the Mariners realise that, when, when that people aren't going to go watch the Mariners unless Usain Bolt is, is mm. part of the squad and has a chance of coming on. And like Honestly... Would you would you would you care about going to watch Usain Bolt play in Perth? Would you would you really care? No, it wouldn't face me in the slightest. To me, maybe it'll, it'll take on people who are just who who just like that that idea of a gimmick. But as a football fan, would I want to go and watch a non-footballer no. play? I don't care but who he is. Like, a, no, I'll go watch him parade around the pitch, maybe, and sign a few autographs and go to a press conference. But actually, go and watch him partake in ninety minutes of football. Yeah. I've no interest in watching. Use him as a marketing tool, but I ain't gonna go watch him play. <laughs> we, we've had enough spoofers in Perth. To we don't need another one coming over to, to to watch. So I'm completely against it. I think it's a load of nonsense. And the sooner it ends, the better. Um, so hopefully, hopefully, he will never play a competitive A League game, and that's that's as far as it goes. Now I'm sure people completely disagree in saying that we're. We're we're a bit cynical. Yeah, we're we're the no fun brigade in <laughs> the whole lot. I'm sorry, I'm a football fan, and this this is shit. I don't even watch him when he runs. When he does his 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 natural, yeah, you know, he hasn't done that for a while. Either. That's, that's the thing. He hasn't done that for a while. He hasn't. He's not been a professional athlete for a while. So, okay. good. I I completely. Good luck to I don't blame him. If somebody no. if, if somebody's prepared to give you an opportunity to do it, you grab it. it. I have no issues with him um, taking the opportunity. It's the people giving it to him that are the problem. And that's Wish why, him the best of luck. That's why if it was pro, pro <laughs> promotion relegation, I'd be saying relegate the Mariners. Um, Melbourne City. Melbourne City. So Just. some some decent ins here, to be fair, on paper. Um, Michael O'Halloran, obviously not really a factor now that he's going to be out for up to 12 weeks with a ripped hamstring. Um, mm. That's not good for them. Riley McGree, uh, fresh off his uh, Puskas Award nomination. Uh, Anthony Caceres, oh, I forgot Anthony Caceres was the thing, to be honest, and on loan from Manchester City. Oh, brilliant. Um, Roston Griffiths um, is in there, uh, got sent off against Glory in that friendly at the weekend. It was, it was nice. Mark Beery Giddy's a good pick up in goal, obviously, didn't work out for him in Europe. He's done his Kentucky tour and he's coming back. Um, Richie Delay from, um, from Aston Villa on loan, and Curtis Good. Curtis Good, like you're you're taking a risk here. Um, I I haven't seen the guy play in probably since he left the Jets nearly. Uh, or Melbourne City was he Melbourne City before he went to England? Melbourne Hart. Melbourne Hart. Hart. He didn't even yeah he was Hart before. I can't remember seeing him the guy kick a ball. He's just had so many injuries before. Um, they used to always sign him a football manager actually from Newcastle on loan when you're managing the A League. He's always a handy one to pick up and he you get a good six or seven games out of him in the season. Um, Richie Delay. A very versatile player. I remember him coming through at Man United, and uh, he was obviously a bit part player in Leicester's um, Premier League 
when a lot of Villa fans didn't really want him to go, such as his versatility and, and his preseason performances. So I think he's he's a good player. He's picked up under as a marquee, which is probably not really what we want as a marquee. But I think as as twenty nine year old signings go for the A League, it's a very very good one. Um, out, outs they've lost Bruce Kamau, Nick Fitzgerald, Manny Muscat. Uh, Oh. Oli Bazanich Arzani the big one um, Dean Bazan has gone on loan no one apart from Arzani that they'd really lose any sleep over so if anything City are probably a bit stronger this year man. yeah I think um, I think they're going to be pretty much up there um, with that going actually they lost Budzinski as well who must go down as one of the worst marquee signings in A-League history <laughs> Marcin Budzinski Christ, he was dreadful but anyway go on uh, yeah no well, I think they're um, they're going to be Absolute contenders this year. Um, they've pretty much just strengthened all across the park, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah, your uh, your rivals, um, Donna. Are you worried? Uh, not worried, as such, but um, no. But I agree, they have done well. You know, they've still kept. You know, they've still got Bratton, Fornaroli, Vidasic. They do have a. <laughs> Yeah, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're just because they're strong on paper doesn't mean they're necessarily going to be good out there. So. I, th- I think if they get a full season out of Fornaroli, it'll make a big difference this mm. year. He he was a massive loss for them. And I know that they brought in um, uh, Ross McCormack, who, who scored a few goals and that, but they're, they're totally different players. Fornaroli is just a buzzing little presence up front who's, who, who scores great goals. Um, and if you lose a player of that quality for the amount of time that they did, you're always going to struggle. So I think getting him back and fit with a full pre-season will make a huge difference. So, yeah, I expect him to be up there, thereabouts. On to victory. <clears throat> a few signings in. Two fullbacks: Corey Brown, um, Storm Rue. Nick Ansel's come back. So that's three defenders. Four defenders. Niedermeyer is a defender mm-hmm. as well, isn't he? And yep. then you've got um, Rel, Rel Buena. Where's he playing? Midfield? He's a midfielder? Yeah, midfielder. Yeah, and then uh, obviously Casey Honda and Ola Toivonen. Now, Toivonen... For me, it's a really good signing. Um, uh, he was a surprise when he was announced. I think he's got um, got the ability to do well. The the issue for me with victory though is he, he's not an out and out goal scorer. Um, he score he, he can score goals. He's a he's a presence, but he's not a Borussia score goals. And I think that's what victory failed to address in the um, in the off season. Like that, you can see that they they replaced the likes of James Donaghy and uh, Reese Williams and. Matthias Sanchez and Stefan Negro. You can see direct replacements for all of them in the ins. But Donna, where's the direct replacement for Besser Borussia? Oh, 100% agree. I think that's... Um, we're going to be relying a lot on Troisi to pick up his game this season. And I think our goals are going to come from the midfield. I, um, he needs to have a really good season. And he, he was in and out last year. Like, you know, he'd play a great game and everyone would be talking about him. And then he'd go three games on the trot where he just was not playing good football. So um, it's going to be very dependent on him and the likes of Barbarousas as well, working with him. I think Kenny Athew this year will have more of a chance as well. I think it's going to um, be Yeah, I think yeah. this year is his time to shine. Is he any anything. good? Uh, like, um, I genuinely, is he, yeah. is he good I personally enough to think he's, I personally think that if he's given the the proper time and play some you know good football out there, I think he's got, he's got very high potential. He's not Barisha, but he's... 20 years younger than Borussia, so... Yeah, the jury's out for me on him. Um, maybe it's because I haven't seen enough of him, but Kenny Achu or, or Ola Toivonen leading the line for you, to me, it's a, it's a no-brainer. And I don't see Victory's formation changing massively. 
and I see them playing Toivonen as a central striker with, as you mentioned, Troisi, Barbarousas, yeah, um, and even even um, oh, look, Honda we, coming from deep. And we've kept drying them, guys. We've kept drying them. <clears throat> let's all be pumped about this. Well, okay, let's all get excited about Dry Ingham. <laughs> Everyone needs squad filler. Okay, let's go on to the world's most beautiful hair. Seriously, I think he's got no hair now. Because he? thing is, no. didn't Troisi do that as well? He's finally he, given in to the. Just, um, they're all just he's, gone. He's gone, <laughs> gone bald. Uh, to be honest, I can't see. Yeah, I'm a little bit like Neil once you once I've had a proper look at it. I'm, I'm not sure if you've got enough goals in you. Nah, but we'll still be fine. Don't worry. Right, we shall okay. see. We rest, shall see. Rest assured, guys. Uh, right onto the Jets. Jets had a great year last year. Um, but they've lost a couple of players. Um, Pato Rodriguez is gone. Wayne Brown's gone. Uh, Riley McGree, uh, his loan ended, and now he's gone elsewhere. Um, and Inns, they've not really brought in anybody interesting. Um, I don't know anything about Jair Eduardo. He's a Brazilian striker, I believe. Matthew Rydenton, meh. Mitch Austin, meh. Um, Kane Shepard, local league player, Luis Italiano, journeyman, backup goalkeeper. Um, not really a lot to, to be too excited about. So you're essentially looking at the bulk of the squad from last year, which did really, really well. Um, Roy Donovan misses the first, what, uh, nine games? What many mm. games do you have for it? It must be around that, nine games or something like that. Costa Petrados is still there, which is good. But you have to remember that a lot of their, um, a lot of their momentum at the start of last season centered on one guy who's no longer there. Naboo. Right. So they don't they haven't really <clears throat> they haven't brought in a replacement for him. So I just don't think the Jets will have his I think they'll be okay because they're still better um more solid than some of the other squads, but I don't think they'll be as good as they were last year. I think it's gonna be good to see hopefully Ronald Vargas get a uh, get a full season because I think he was He's super a smashing player. Yeah. Yeah, super absolutely. exciting until he got into the, the, the beginning of last season. So uh Dimitri Petrado is another cracking player. Um it's gonna be down to them to um see if um see if Newcastle can replicate what they did last year in my opinion. Yeah, all right. On to um, on Sydney, on Sydney FC, who have brought in uh, some pretty exciting names. Uh, no more exciting than probably CM Dion. Uh, there was a lot of fanfare about him, but he's another one that's got a checkered pass when it comes to injury, including two collapsed lungs, which is not really what you want <laughs> in a sport that involves running around for ninety minutes. Um, Trent Hajer has come in from the Mariners and hit the ground running in preseason with a lot of goals. Danny De Silva is continuing his trip around Australia. Uh, he's on loan from the Mariners. Jop van der Linden, a centre back who is the love child of David Kearney and Matt Sim. And Adam LaFondra um, up front, who I think is, is a really shrewd signing, a, a goal scorer um, who at this level really should be, should be uh, scoring goals. And he's another one of my old football manager favourites. Um, so I'm, I'm particularly interested to see how he goes. But how do you replace the likes of Bobo and Adrian Merjewski? Who basically set the league alight on it? I mean, they were they were class, both of them. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, it's interesting to see Adrian on Twitter, and we still haven't got the full story as to what happened with his exit because he tweeted once he didn't get re-signed or left Sydney that you know there's more to the story and he wants to share it, and he was not happy. So. They're two very big losses, including I think Jordy. I can't say his last name. Jordy Boyce. 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 I think he's a he was a unit. Yeah, he was a good player. And so he's he another took, big took loss. Took dead balls. But they brought in Jock van der Linden, who yeah. 
I noticed in the FFA Cup is a centre back that takes corners, which uh, massive respect for a centre back that's given the responsibility to swing in left foot corners. I like that. Um, so maybe yeah. they've replaced yeah. them as a, as a like for like. But I, I agree with you. Yeah, he he was uh, he was a good player for them. They've also lost Matt Simon, so they're instantly yeah. more likable as a team. Um, and David Carney has, uh, has left. <laughs> so, um, but no, I, th- I think they they still have the quality. They gave the. Yeah, the Wanderers a bit of a, a bit of a hiding in the FFA Cup, and they look they look okay. The, the, probably the biggest question mark for me is around the coaching, and whether Corica is uh, is good enough to step up from being an assistant to fill Graham Arnold's shoes. Because does he have a coach whisperer? Well, that's what I want to know. Well, the thing with the thing with um, uh, Graham Arnold is like we a lot of people take the piss out of him and say that you know at times he played bad football and he's had his critics and people didn't want him to be the Socceroos coach but the fact is he's delivered in the A-League for the past couple of years and stepping up into those shoes it's going to be tough for Corica and if he doesn't do well early on in the season you, you know the, the, the knives could come out pretty quickly because I'm sure some Sydney FC fans would have preferred them to kick on with a, with a big name coach rather than going for the, the option that was on their doorstep. And also, um, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of um, interruptions not having a stadium um, causes yep. this, this season. Yeah. Um, playing out of the SCG. Yeah, it's oh, an issue. I'll gladly so, see them fall yeah, I won't be on their the face. No. <laughs> no issue in them being disrupted. <laughs> All right, let's go to the Wellington Phoenix. Um, they beat Victory 3-1 the other day, Donna. Um, Victory, yes. Victory's Twitter was noticeably quiet about putting the score out there. I, I can't imagine what that would be. Maybe it was pure shame. Um, it's embarrassing. The, uh, the Knicks, though, brought in Stephen Taylor, um, former Newcastle United defender. Uh, he's come from Peterborough United. Uh, I, I've, I've always thought he was a good defender. Yeah. Um, really, really good player. I was surprised he turned up at the Knicks. Uh, really, really good. Um, Philippe Curto's goalkeeper, he's in. David Williams, blast from the past, is uh, is is back in the A League. <laughs> Speaking of blast from the past, good old Mitch, Mitch, old Mitch Nichols has, has <laughs> popped up. Much much He's he's there. So oh god, the commentary. They've um, they they've lost McGlinchey, um, Kaludarovic, um, Goran Paraki, and Mateja Lucic, who. Okay, they weren't amazing, but they were they were decent enough players. Um, and again, it's going to be a case of if they got enough in the squad to to do a little bit better than they have done in recent years. Like they've they've got Nathan Burns, Roy Krishna. Krishna is a great player. Um, Burns, Krishna, Dave Williams are your attacking options. Really, is your your front three? But like Mitch Nichols, Christ, I mean, we gave him a second chance in Perth. We shouldn't have. We got bitten. And it's very hard to, to take the guy seriously now, um, given how many clubs he's had and been around the block. This has to be last chance saloon for him. You, I'm going to say, you can't really go lower than the Knicks. Maybe you can go to Mariners. And he hasn't been there. He hasn't been there. Well, was it Malaysia? It, the thing yeah. is, when you... When you Indonesia. I think it's out. It's a case of out of sight, out of mind when you go to Asia for a bit because people forget your indiscretions and they go, "Oh, he used to play in the A League. Come back to us." And that's Nichols is living off past glories in terms of picking up these contracts because he hasn't done anything in the A League nope. for a long time. And I'm sorry, but he he fecked us all over in Perth the mm. second time after getting out of his contract the first time with the salary cap to come back and perform as he did. 
he shouldn't expect uh, too many too many niceties when he comes back to NIB Stadium. I'm not really an advocate for for clinging on to, to players and whatnot, but he got he got a second chance here and he he shafted it shafted it again. So um, I I don't see how he's <clears throat> picked up a gig there, but it's probably the last place he could get one. Um, Nix as a whole, Donna, anything gonna do anything? No, no, nah, rubbish. Pretty excited nah. for Stephen Taylor though. Yeah, I Stephen like Taylor. Stephen Taylor is a, a good a, a pickup. Good um, um, that'd be good. No, that should be an easy three points, but, in my opinion. Oh, well, I can't say that because they just beat us 3-1. But <laughs> the goals were a penalty in two tap-ins. So I am going to clean on What was your goal? A penalty. Also a penalty. Okay, just, just checking. Saying, just there were nothing exciting. Just checking. Okay. <laughs> Penalties count. Last time I looked. Um, Western Sydney Wanderers, last one on our list. Uh, well, they've brought in a few... Um, they, they've they've been on the merry-go-round. The, the recycling truck has dumped... It's load in Western Sydney this off season. You've got Nick Fitzgerald, you've got Bruce Kamara, Ruin Tonic, Tarek Elric, Jordan O'Doherty. Uh, there's there's guys that have been around the block. Rashid Mahazi has just popped out of nowhere this week. Now nothing says recycling like Rashid Mahazi. I'm sorry, but you know I. I he had a very good season at the Zebras. What league? He had a very good season at the Zebras. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> Just, just saying. Just trying to be a bit positive just for saying. him. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Look, you're looking at you're looking at guys who are who are very much on the eyes like a Cernak tour of Australia. There's a few of them that you could see popping up at a, at somebody else next season. Nick Fitzgerald. How many clubs is that now? <clears throat> I mean, really, Liam Reddy. How many clubs is that now? Yeah. Oh, don't, don't get me wrong. But Nick, yeah. But the difference is, Reddy's almost done on his tour. Nick Fitzgerald is in his mid twenties. He's He's got. He's I want got him a lap. to complete the tour. He's got another lap to go. He'll uh, he'll he'll make expansion teams. So that's the thing. Ready, ready, ready. Probably won't get an expansion team out of his. By the time it comes in, I'm sure someone like Nick Fitzgerald will still be will still be going around. Um, <clears throat> there's a few more of them. There's uh, my old favourite um, at the Mariners. Uh, let me think. Let me think. Who who is the one that? Has done the fair rounds. I'll come back to it. But on the, oh, Jacob Melling, there he is. Jacob Melling is is flying. I think he's up to five clubs, and he's only like twenty two. He's he's the one that's going to break the the, the Cernak record. Um, but anyway, onto the 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 Wanderers as a whole. Um, new coach Marcus Babel um, comes with a good playing pedigree. Um, done a little bit as a coach as well. <clears throat> they've um, there's talk today as well. They've lost um, Karen Bacchus as well. He's gone to. Uh, Melbourne City. So there's a player that um, would have probably featured in their midfield uh, and could be on the way out. Um, they're still starting Joshua Soterio, um, which to me is a, is a red flag immediately. Um, they, they, that's a problem. They got dumped out of the FFA Cup um, 3-0 by Sydney FC. Their captain, Brendan Hamill, has talked some amount of rubbish in the media the last few weeks, um, giving it the big one before the game and then saying, oh, we'll, we won't forget this defeat. And so, mate, just shut up and do your talking on the pitch, especially after that loss. I think they're going to be bad this year. They're my, they're my flop team for, for, um, for this season. Um, Blaine, Wanderers. Uh, yes. Um... <clears throat> There's not much really there to, to look at, is there? Um, Patrick Ziegler's an interesting one for Kaiserslautern. Um, yep. They're at the yard group. Um, yeah, there's not much there else for me. Donna, I know you disagree. The Wanderers are going to do it all this year. Why? Oh, I just think we're going to be the dark horse. Everyone just... Uh, 
it's not necessarily what you know what's on paper that's going to make them i just i have a little faith in them and i think um babel is gonna yeah he's gonna turn things around so you think babel has the tools to work with yeah well if you look at their squad i have it's bad <laughs> it's not that bad <laughs> it's not that bad um no i will leave it to the predictions but i don't think they're going to do as bad as you guys do. All right. Well, that's that's all the, the, the teams looked at. We will now do predictions. the predictions. And we're going to just simply go through our uh, 1 to 10 from where they'll finish. Blaine, do you want to kick us off? Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you the early laughs. Laurie won. Uh, all right. Predictions. I've got a table of Melbourne City, Melbourne Victory, Newcastle, Perth, Sydney FC, Adelaide, Western Sydney, Brisbane, Wellington, Central Coast. So you've got the big one for me there is Sydney FC. Where did you have them? Fifth, sixth, fifth. fifth. Why so low? What have they lost? Um, no, I just think there's some some sides in there that could do them some damage. Um, just the loss of, as I said, um, uh, Adrian Bobo, Jordy, yeah, manager at Sydney FC. Um, just a few disruptions, not having a ground, a stable yeah. ground. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's your uh, your ten, Donna. Uh, the victory, the Jets, Western Sydney, <laughs> Sydney, <laughs> City, Central Coast, Adelaide, Perth Glory, Wellington, and unfortunately, I think Brisbane Raw are going to be the bottom. So you've gone with um, both the Mariners and Adelaide to finish ahead of Glory. Yeah. That's before we even get to the fact that you've got Wanderers to finish what five yep. places above them. Yep. I do apologise. I don't need apologies. I will be. I will be right. I just, don't, I, as I said at the start, I don't think you know. There's this huge, huge hype about Perth Glory in the squad and Popper that he's taken the team to a championship and he's won the Asian Cup and blah blah blah. Whatever, I just don't think they're going to do that well. Well, have the Mariners got the glory don't. <sighs> I'll point you on the spot because that's the... That's yeah, the yeah, thing. no, I have always said that I think that the Mariners are the dark horse. And I've said it year in, year out. You just said Wanderers were the dark horse. No, no, I, <laughs> I think that, you know, um, with Central Coast, everyone's very hard on them because, you know, they think that they're the rebel of the team. I don't think they're that shit, and I think they're going to do really well. They have a young squad. They've brought in, you know, a few young players that have impressed in um, the MPL, and I think they're going to do well. Hey, I'll be happy to, to eat my words, but last year I picked the glory to finish. Where'd they finish? Eight. Finish eight. Yeah, and I, that's where I picked them. So I think I'm going to be right again. Okay, so glory haven't improved on last year. I'm not saying they haven't improved. I just don't think do you that think they're the going to do. More? I just don't think they're going to do as okay. well as everyone does. All right, you are entitled to your opinion, yeah. and we will revisit these predictions. We will, no doubt. And I will All be right. right. All right, my ten. <laughs> I've gone with Sydney FC top because I think they've replaced like for like with the players that they've lost. So injuries provided. If Sam De Jong doesn't lose another lung, it could be okay. I've gone for victory second. Uh, I've gone for City third. Uh, Glory fourth. The Jets 5th, Adelaide 6th, Roar 7th, Wanderers 8th, the Mariners 9th, and the Wellington Phoenix 10th. Any challenges? Who did you have first, second, third? Sydney Victory City. Nah, Sydney, mm. no chance. Not a chance. Too much Sydney, no, yeah. Sydney's not going to be in the yeah. top two. Wouldn't have half the goals in no. the middle of the last They'll make the top four, but they're definitely not going to hit the top two. Okay. Come yeah, on. I'm happy to and I'd like to that. make a point that he changed it from Sydney I did. to finish I convinced first. myself because <laughs> he talked himself once, into it. <laughs> once I realised that they, you know, they, they were fairly solid and 
Adam Lafondre is going to bag 20 this season. That's and and just for sold. shits for gigs before we uh, wrap this up, who do we think the first coach is going to be sacked? Do you know what? I can't even tell you who the Wellington Phoenix coach is. Oh, it's Mark Rudin. Yeah. Sorry, yes. <laughs> I can't tell you who he replaced. I can't tell you who he replaced. I'm looking through the team. Ernie Merrick. He replaced Ernie Merrick. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Ernie Merrick's a jet. Who did he replace? Exactly. Oh, that um, yeah. European bloke. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, was around, he was around for so long, I, can't, I don't oh, even know his name. Oh, I can't even remember his name. Um, I've said Mark Rudin. Mike Mulvey to get the sack and yeah, Usain Bolt to take over as Mariners <laughs> coach. That is uh, Neil's bold prediction. That's now, bold. what That's is our bold prediction. bold prediction of the night from our listeners? Of the night. Oh, to wrap listeners. it up. Yes, yes. let's yes, wrap let's this up. Let's choose one. Um, yeah, thanks for everyone who um, who sent that through. Um, we've got them all here. Um, Craig Duff said something similar to what you said. He said he gets Usain Bolt gets a contract with the Mariners and is brutally hacked down first game after the season. <laughs> I don't apologize in advance. <laughs> Bold predictions, they're hard to see. It's its like you're looking at some of the squads and, and thinking like some of these guys could be gone after a few weeks. Like will Mitch will Mitch Nichols last longer than no. a month? <laughs> I'm like, no. Is he going to be on a curfew as well over there? Like what what, what are the stipulations team right. coming what back into the A-League? <laughs> well, will, will, will Mitch Nichols still be in Wellington after Christmas? No. No? No. After Christmas? Definitely not. Yes. Oh. He will be. Okay. Okay, so I think the best one would be, and it's got, we'll go by how many likes that people have put on the comment, I would say. It's not a popular Well, let's, yeah, well, which one America. do you think? So we've got no mid-season slump, followed by a gallant end-of-year revival. <clears throat> Keo to stay onside for at least one game this season. NIB to start selling Kilkenny points. The other one, Tony Sage won't have his first mm. media meltdown until after Christmas. That's False. <laughs> Glory to win the league and victory to not make finals. I think people just want to like that because it's a victory in there. Here we go. James Keane's got one there for you, Neil. Mitch Nichols to change teams mid-season. Okay, I think he's won the bold prediction. <laughs> well done, that's James. Not, I don't even think that's a bold prediction. That's, <laughs> that's probably... It's probably fine. That's fine. Do you know what? Actually, I've got a. Um, you just, it just got mentioned. I've got a, a, a prediction. Um, NIB Stadium won't get a new naming rights sponsor for the whole of the A League season. The previous deal expired a couple of months ago, and there's there's been no media coverage of it. I asked a question about a month ago. Is there any any move on a, on a naming sponsor or what? How does that impact Glory in terms of what they pay? Because do do the because I assume NIB Stadium aren't paying a, a rolling contract at the ground now that um, their previous deal has expired. So they're basically getting a free ride at NIB until someone else comes on board. We're a week out from the, the first home game and there's no new naming rights sponsor. Um, how does that, does that hit glory in the pocket or do do Venues West take, take pick up the slack for it or what happens? But I've seen no stories about it since... Um, I did a, I did a Google. Uh, since NIB Stadium announced that the contract was ending last year, there's been little to no mention of it in any of the mainstream media, and there's been no whispers about a new naming sponsor. So uh, my prediction is that it will be called NIB Stadium for the duration of the season, um, and the, the stadium will make no money out of sponsorship. Right, empty pockets, the Far Post Stadium. That sounds yeah. good. <laughs> so, just something that came to my mind there, because I've yeah, we're a week out from the season. I thought it might have been... 
um, resolved and obviously they're not necessarily dependent on having something in time for the A-League season but that previous contract ended at the end of the financial year Do we go back to Perth Open in the interim? Well, do do NIB benefit from it being called NIB Stadium on with us with the A-League website do their contract is expired. Should they be getting the free ride? Well, that's something for the, the business people to look Surely over. It shouldn't, but, uh, shouldn't come down to the uh, the tenant to have to deal with that. That should be purely... Well, our, our, our glory on an, under an obligation to call it NIB Stadium if the uh, contract is expired. I don't know. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. It's not really a, a massive deal. Perfect rectangular stadium. But... It's just something, yeah. To, to that's I, I I found pretty interesting keeping an eye on it that uh, nothing has been um, mentioned about it whatsoever. So. All right, bold prediction: Perth Glory to hit an average of eleven thousand by season's end. Uh, it's not bold. What was last year? Ten and a half something. No, it was under ten. It was more than that. I'll go twelve then, just to satisfy. 12. 12, 12 is a is a target, and I yeah. think yeah, go for go for twelve. Yeah, season average. I don't have one. My bold prediction is my son is probably going to scream the house down in about twenty seconds. So <laughs> I think we need to let him out of his room. Uh, yeah, he's, he's currently chained up to the. Uh, to Been the, an to hour the and a half of so him yeah, <laughs> with his dad. Probably needs to be let out of the he's dungeon. done. Don't don't lie. There's nobody in there. All right, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, as mentioned, the um, first glory game is in a week and a half's time. NIB Stadium, Sunday, 4 p.m. kickoff against Western Sydney Wanderers. Uh, we've got plenty to talk about um, over the course of the next couple of months. I won't be here for it because I'm away on holiday. But the other guys will keep you keep you up to date and probably do another podcast in a few weeks. And they'll have a look at the W League as well because there's lots of movement and, um, happening there with players coming in. And obviously Sam Kerr re-signing is a big deal for Glory. So maybe a couple of special guests on the podcast and whatnot. We'll see if we can hook up. But until then, thanks for listening. Keep following us on the social media channels. It's Farpost Perth on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And you can find us all on the on on the on Twitter as well. So thanks for listening to the podcast and keep in touch during the season. Sky.